0: This is the woman behind the business. Featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host,
1: Angel Livus.
2: This week on The Woman Behind the Business, Why There Are No Accidents. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livas, and today our guests are providing fresh perspectives and showing how all things work together for our good. Carmen D. Jones is the president and CEO of Solutions Marketing Group, SMG, a marketing consulting firm based in Washington, D.C., with exclusive expertise in helping companies and government agencies build deeper, profitable brand relationships with the nation's 56 million individuals with disabilities. Carmen has over 20 years of strategic consulting experience and is a leading expert when it comes to the dynamics and nuances of disability-focused branding and marketing. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
2: So I'm ready to just dive completely in because I feel like when it comes to branding, marketing, there's so much to know. Mm -hmm. But before we dive into all the nuances Mm -hmm. of what that is... When I say November 30th, 1986,
1: what's the first thing that comes to mind? It's a day that my life changed forever. Um, I was 20 years old and had a car accident that, uh, Go ahead. where I sustained a spinal cord injury. And, you know, I was shaken to my core. It's soul crushing. Um, and I wasn't quite sure um, at that time how life would Uh, evolve and turn out but when I look back on it um, there's been a lot of lemonade that have come from this lemon (laughs) of the accident so um, and I was just sharing with someone recently that you know sometimes the thing that's most tragic or most disappointing uh, can be used to propel you in a new direction and that's what happened to me.
2: And you said you were 20 years old when it happened. I So were you, you were a senior in...
1: I was a junior at junior. Hampton University mm-hmm. and um, majoring in marketing. And it was Thanksgiving vacation. I was with um, a few friends. And on our way back from Richmond, we had this car accident.
2: And was everybody else okay in the car? Mm-hmm. Were you the...
1: I was the one that was injured the worst, yes. So...
2: So how long did it take you um, to, you know, now you can say mm-hmm. these tragic incidents and, you know, I've turned this into a lemonade. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to see it as that?
1: You know, it's like anything that you confront that's unexpected. There's a grieving and there's no time limit on grieving. Um, when I, I can say that going back to college less than a year after the accident was critical. It was pivotal. It was very important because it allowed me to get back into my life. And I had to work through the stages of grief. Um, You know, I don't, there was a little bit of anger uh, the first summer that I was home uh, from the rehab center. But once I got back to Hampton, a lot of Lightness and joy began to return. Um, But I would say, as I look back, it probably took about five years for me to feel completely comfortable in how my body was different. Because I'm five foot ten. I used to run up steps two at a time. (laughs) And, you know, to um, be paralyzed from the waist down um, just took a whole lot of emotional and, and practical adjusting, you know, where I live what I drive, how clothes look on me, you know, do I date again? All those things, they just took on new dynamics. And I had to figure that stuff out.
2: And not to stick to this, but I do feel like there's somebody listening that may have received Mm -hmm. some news that is unbearable Mm -hmm. or um, is putting them where they feel like they're now going to have boundaries to what their possibilities are. Mm -hmm. Um. I can only imagine what it's like to have a doctor walk in a room and tell you, mm-hmm. you will never walk again. How did that How did that affect you?
1: I was in denial. I asked the doctor specifically on a scale from 1 to 10, what chance do I have of walking? And he said a 1. Mm-hmm. And I remember just feeling like my heart sank. And I just, you know, at that point, at 20, that was the worst news I could have ever heard. Um and I said, well, if you give me a one, I'll I'll meet that one. I'll be the one. And, you know, I worked really, really hard in physical therapy. Um, I went to a lot of specialists all around the country. And when you have a spinal cord injury, everyone's injury is very different. Um, but in my case, you know, the spinal cord was really damaged. And so there wasn't a lot of muscle return. And I remember praying a prayer. It was probably... 4 or 5 years like i said i remember praying a prayer and i i figured out it just sat in my soul like i don't think this is going to turn out how i am envisioning and i prayed that i said god if i if this is my life i need you to allow some amazing things to happen i cannot carry this by myself and when i look back um god met me i i cannot describe it and i've done, had an amazing life there's been a lot of Challenges, but it has been primarily a barrier breaking life.
2: So, when you say God met you and you started to see um, things manifest in your favor, Mm -hmm. how long did it take for one of those things to be SMG, your business?
1: So, I was injured in 1986, and in 1995, I was hired by a company called Evan Kemp Associates. Evan Kemp was the commissioner of the EEOC as a Bush appointee 41. Um, and he was a disability advocate. He himself was a wheelchair user. Um, and when I worked for him, um, initially, you know, I was like a program manager and rose through the ranks to become the vice president of marketing. And when I worked for him, he always used to say, companies corporate America will not realize how viable people with disabilities are until they see and recognize their spending power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that struck me, struck a nerve with me. And it was probably two years after he made that statement that I really recognized that as a Black woman, companies target me, but not as a person with a disability. And if they have to comply with the Americans with Disabilities Act, why not leverage that compliance to build a relationship with the whole untapped market
2: so speaking to that um currently um people with disabilities they have or they make up about 550 million dollars worth of like spending power or disposable income income. Mm -hmm. why do you think people are not tapping into that market, is it because they're unaware? Is it because it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind that they don't even realize that here's a whole market that's waiting to spend money, but you're not even speaking to us?
1: well, i I believe it's a few reasons. You know, unlike myself being African American where a corporate exec can see me, mm-hmm. a lot of disabilities are not visible, and people may have some sort of chronic health condition where they do have a disability, but it's just not seen, so it's not recognized. Um, I also believe that until you have people inside the company that have lived experience uh, of those that they're trying to target, the dynamics are very different. So that's why diversity and inclusion are very important from my perspective. Um, And I don't think there's enough people who have uh, influence in companies to recognize, you know, let's shift from checking the box and being compliant to pursuing a market.
2: Now, as a leading disability marketing agency, how do you position
1: clients to understand and penetrate into the disability market? So we really spend time, I spend a lot of time trying to understand um, what they have done uh, previously, where they've been, um, where they've made, uh, encountered some risks where they've had some liabilities the company the companies yes (laughs) and then we really work together to create a a customer profile really to just understand because not you know it's it's, when you say 56 million um the market at a high level is segmented i segment it to people who are have a visual of um who are blind or low vision people who are deaf or hard of hearing people who have limited mobility people who have intellectual disabilities and then mental health disabilities. Um, And so when when we talk in terms of key audiences or target audiences and really where we think we can begin, because we just have to start but you can't, you know, you can't Take on the whole market. You know, in one case, um, I'm working with uh, Zappos, and you know, we really early defined that they wanted to focus on children with developmental disabilities like autism or Down syndrome. Between the ages of four and twelve, and so we really try to focus in and understand that segment of the market, so that we could be more effective. And I believe success begets success. So once we're really clear um, on the market needs and key drivers there, then we can really begin to expand.
2: So for small business owners, because
1: mm-hmm. um, I feel like Zappos is you know it's a huge company. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so well, not, it's only about fifteen hundred. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's big, but yeah. it's not. You know, it's not eighteen people, right? Right, 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 right. Not true,
2: right. Um, but from the perspective um, of small businesses, where do most small businesses fall short when it comes to marketing to individuals with disabilities? And I feel like that's true for marketing to them for job opportunities Mm -hmm. as well as marketing
1: to them as consumers. Well, they first have to recognize there's a void, that there's a gap, that they don't have consumers who may have disabilities or employees. Mm -hmm. Well, and I've most, with most of my clients when we've done employment work, When I've done training, it happens every single time where an employee who doesn't have a visible disability will come over to me, sometimes with tears in their eyes, and say, you know, I have XYZ. I haven't told my supervisor I'm nervous to disclose because I don't want it to impact my job job or ability to advance. And so um, it really begins with having those internal conversations and recognizing that there is a gap and a need.
2: Now, are there certain things that companies should be doing to be become informed about these different disabilities that are kind of silent disabilities?
1: Um, well, I think it's no different than what companies do that are strong in multicultural marketing and diversity. So, you know, you create employee resource groups internally. Um, you have senior leaders who are champions. Uh, you engage, you identify Uh, key organizations or audiences to develop relationships with. Um, And, you know, you try to really build credibility and not uh, include or develop messaging that could be offensive Mm -hmm. um, or patronizing or what we call in our world inspiration porn, um, where, you know, (laughs) it's everyone's so inspirational. You guys are so brave. We don't want that. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't want that. So um, it's really just... You know, workforce engagement, community outreach and engagement, and in developing a strategy that has resources and has staff to implement.
3: Okay,
2: so a day and a life of <laughs> Carmen Jones.
1: Oh. <laughs> what is that like? Walk have, us through it. Well, I'm a single mom and I have a 14 year old daughter, so no two days are the same. <laughs> 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 um, so. Typically, um, you know, once I begin my day, I really try to be very intentional. One practice I've developed or I'm honing is just starting with gratitude (laughs) and just really recognizing what I'm grateful for. And then the night before I plan out what I'm going to tackle. So it could be client calls. It could be um, developing content. Really, no two days are the same. Um, Right now I'm working on... uh, strategies for two clients. um, I won't name, but two clients. um, And so it's a lot of research. It's a lot of doing competitive analysis, um, a lot of in-depth interviews with internal stakeholders. um, And then fun things like spending time with you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The important thing. Yes. (laughs) All right. So when it comes time to build a strategy, Mm -hmm. Like, If there are three things that you would potentially um, offer to a small business owner, what would those three things be um, or resources be to go and get information about attracting and targeting that particular market, the um, individuals with disabilities? Well,
1: I think it's really any market. So it's understanding what your consumers need. Mm -hmm. It's understanding what you offer and how it meets their need. Mm -hmm. And then it's really, and and I'm a fan of Blue Ocean Strategy, so it's really understanding where you have the competitive um, advantage over your competition, not to compete with them per se, but to create a new path to create services that no one else is currently offering. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. And so what is it specifically that you're doing that is kind of
1: so I as I mentioned I'm a a, a fan of blue ocean so I there are some competitors in my world um and so what the the value that I uh offer and the people who work with me offer in addition to having expertise and lived experience we really try to put on um that tribe, we successfully put on, you know, a business mindset where we're not just focusing on altruism or corporate social responsibility, but we want to, we focus on, you know, KPIs and all of that. Mm-hmm. So that they can see, and it's this, this um, effort is sustainable because ultimately businesses want to make money. Money. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: So how do you manage um, being a single mom? Mm-hmm. And you know having your business full time, and I'm thinking that you do quite a bit of traveling and speaking like how do you,
1: how do you manage it all? You have to have support. <laughs> you have to have um, people around you who one believe in your dream and um you have to create an environment for your children that are that's very steady and stable. And so I have had the same caregiver since 2009, um, and she has become part of our family. And so my daughter trusts her, I trust her, and I recognize my parents who are in Florida. Uh, my siblings are, you know, a plane ride away. But um, it, it really—I have a really supportive church family and also— um, my immediate family is supportive. So we really, um, I work really hard not to travel more than two nights. <laughs> and it, that's a challenge. You know, last week I was yeah. in Tampa. I was, I am i feel like I'm too old to do a down and back in one, one <laughs> day, but I did it because I try to limit my time away.
2: Now, you know, the show is the woman behind the business. So I definitely want to talk about the business, but I also want to talk about you. Okay. So, how do you like? Are you dating somebody? Like,
1: not, not now, no.
2: So how do you add that in? How do you incorporate? <laughs> I'm trying your to figure it out. <laughs> um,
1: so, uh, I, I, you know, there's not a lot of time for that right now. Um, I'm trying. You know, I have four years to get my daughter to college. <laughs> You're like, I'm focused. <laughs> I'm focused. I am focused. I have some revenue goals. Um, you know, I'm very open and hopeful that I will be married again. Uh, And I have to make more time for that. I I realized in the past week that I don't uh, create enough margin for self-care and fun.
2: And what would that look like for me? Yeah, like if you were able to craft out, like, this is what my self-care would look like on a monthly basis, what would that be?
1: Oh, massages. Um, (laughs) Monthly massages, uh, quarterly massages, Trip somewhere fun. Yeah. Just to kind of refresh and rejuvenate. That's why you're trying to go to the Bahamas. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, what else? I would want to connect more with my girlfriends. They all have kids. And so we need, you know, one night I told them since we I was traveling for my birthday, I said, we're going to have karaoke and we're going to go have fun. So I'm kind of corny that way. Um, having... Uh, fun with friends is is really important to me.
2: Okay. Now, is your daughter, do you integrate her into your business? Are you able to like what is she also interested in the marketing side of things or she lately
1: has been talking about medicine. Um, So she always wants to know what's happening. Um, I gave her an assignment today to do some research for one of my projects. And so she's, you know, she's working on that right now. But she, she always wants to know The dynamics, the client dynamics. So mom, what happened when you had that meeting? What happened? You know, she'll follow up. How did that turn out? So I think her mind is working more from a strategy perspective or a management perspective Mm -hmm. than just um, developing the skills. Mm -hmm. I need to work with her on the skill part of this, but um, I enjoy our interaction about that.
2: It's, it's interesting. A lot of times when we have our guests come in, I always, especially if they have children or they're married, talk to them about how they um, intertwine their um, families with the business. Mm-hmm. And later in the show, we'll talk a little bit about your moments from the valley. But I'm curious to know, what was that transition period like for you um, when you went from, well, was your daughter born when you When you um, started the company? Mm -mm. Okay. So you didn't have, like, to Mm -mm. worry about, like, okay, I'm going to feed my baby and all that. No. So when you started your company, like, what was your biggest fear at that point?
1: I didn't know what I didn't know. I mean, I honestly was not fearful. Of course, everyone's concerned that, you know, will this be successful? Will I make enough money? (laughs) But I really seriously had this epiphany (laughs) talking to my friend. I had just done a sales call to an insurance company while I was working for Evan Kemp Associates. And we primarily worked in the um, durable medical equipment space. So I was the Mm -hmm. VP of marketing over our lines of business, that included our van conversion company and durable, durable medical equipment. And I went to meet with an insurance company, which was really a non-traditional type of client. And that's when I had this epiphany, like, okay, if he's talking to me about this market, let me reframe my thinking, you know, as, as, since he represented a mainstream company, let me, a mainstream brand, let me reframe my thinking. So I, you know, to answer your question, the biggest concern or fear that I had was, you know, will will I be able to really do this? And then um, so my first client was American Express. Mm. <laughs> and if you're going to have a first client, that's a really good one to have <laughs> <laughs> because it um, provided a lot of credibility. And then my second client was Darden Restaurants, which was then the parent company for Red Lobster and Olive Garden. Um, and we developed a customer service training program for them. And so... You know, when things started to evolve and traction started to occur, I thought, OK, well, I, th- I think I'm I got this. Something. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, I'm <laughs> on to something. And I think now more than then, the environment is very well, much more welcoming of c- discussions about disability than it was back then. Mm-hmm. Very much so.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you. For being with us. Sure. And we're going to keep you here. Okay. And we're going to get ready to bring in our next guest momentarily. But now it's time for our tech break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Ebony Wilkins, president of Alice Management Consulting. Stay with us. So now it's time to get techie with this week's Tech Talk. In studio with me, I have Ms. Jaleesa Johnson, who's the president of securetech Tech 360. And today, drum roll, please. <clears throat> Jaleesa, what are we talking about?
4: We are talking about Pinterest. Pinterest for business. Pinterest for business. Don't sleep on that app. Oh. That is a great collaboration tool. And as I am gravitating to new businesses, I am working with a lot of consultants with a lot of great ideas, and sharing their boards is a great way to collaborate.
2: Now, what information do you typically find on Pinterest?
4: You will be very surprised that the latest tech gadgets are on Pinterest. Reviews, how they use them. Um, it's also a great place for um, entrepreneurs who are in makeup, who are involved in makeup styling, um, design. And you have a collaboration tool. You can also invite your team yeah. to be collaborators cl- on your Pinterest board. Okay. And you can lock it with security. Let's talk a little bit about the security.
2: How do you lock it? Is it um, just so call it nobody... A PIN. Okay. It's called a pin.
4: So mm-hmm. you make it private and it becomes a pin and you can only get to it if you're invited. Now, why would that resource be important? Because some things you want to keep between you and your team and some things are just for the public. So it makes it a private board.
2: Okay, now I would not have uh, thought of Pinterest as a good team um, collaborative platform. So thank you very much for bringing us into the light of Pinterest. That is what I'm here for. (laughs) This is right. This is right. All right. We hope that this week's um, Tech Talk was beneficial to you. For more information, you can visit us online at WBB Talk. Com. Welcome back to the woman behind the business talk show. I'm your host, Angel Livis, and we just wrapped up a conversation with Carmen Jones, president and CEO of SMG. Now it's time to shift gears. Ebony Wilkins, president of A-list management consulting, decided to join the U.S. Army immediately after high school, where she spent a decade of her life giving back to our country. So thank you so much for You know, doing what you did with our giving your service and all that. It's an honor. Yes. (laughs) Now, when she decided it was time to try something new, she entered corporate America as a government contractor until she was ready to leap into entrepreneurship. In 2017, her dream of becoming a business owner manifested into what is today known as alias management consulting. Congratulations on the recent launch of your business, Ebony. Thank
0: you. It feels great.
2: Well, that's actually one of my first questions. Um, So I think you were just over six months in. Yes, about
0: seven months now. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So how has that first six months of entrepreneurship, small business owner, how has that been?
0: Oh, my God. It's been so trying. It has been very difficult um, <laughs> uh, b- because I. Did, Tell us how you really feel. Yes, like, <laughs> yes, yes. I didn't realize it was going to be so taxing and so much work. Um, I literally I probably work from sunup to sundown every single day. And uh, I just didn't realize it was going to be this much but um but but it's been good and it's been rewarding so far and i've been building some great relationships and uh, i'm excited to see what the future holds now i recently
2: read somewhere that in just four months you acquired your first uh, government contract so congratulations okay, thank um you. let us know what your secret is though because in most situations people are told it's going to take at least two years after mm-hmm. you start a business before you even get your first client mm-hmm. so What's the secret? Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, So actually, there was a company who had uh, reached out to me uh, and they wanted to bring me on as a W-2. And I said, no, I'm not available as a W-2, but we can work out uh, a 1099 agreement. Um, I am familiar with this client that you have and I can bring um, some great continuity to what's already there. Uh, And they were game. They said, "Okay, no problem. Here you go. And we also want to work with you on future work, so let's build this relationship.
2: Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, the saying, ask not because you have, you know, you have not because you ask not. And I think that this is a great testament to sometimes you just have to jump out there. What made you decide to tell them, like, nope, I'm I'm not trying to be a W-2? Is, had you already made the decision that you wanted to launch A-List?
0: Yeah. So, actually, at the time I had... When I launched A-List, I was uh, still a W-2, um, and I had been working on doing the work, as Ayana would say, mm-hmm. doing the work to prepare myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had already had my business formed. I had already had uh, been certified in the SAM.gov site. Mm-hmm. Um, I had... Worked with the VA to get my service disabled credibility on the business. I had done all the back office stuff. Mm-hmm. So when they came to me... They were impressed that all this had already been taken care of. uh, And this was, I would be a partner that they had been looking for, basically, uh, with a certification that they need to go after future work.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's a box for them to check off. It's a box for them to
2: check off. (laughs) I'm working with a minority-owned business, a service disabled
0: um, business. So, yeah, you were like a little pot of gold for them. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And that's how they viewed it. They say, good, yes. <laughs> now,
2: are you out trying to acquire more business? you have your capability statement ready and, you know, pushing it out and going to different events?
0: Oh, yeah. So I at least attend two to five events a week, right? So I'm always out. I am always at... Um, This committee, uh, that committee, most of the the committees I go to are veteran um, businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even tomorrow, I'm going to a a government conference. So I am always out and about. There's always something. There's always me having dinner or lunch with somebody or coffee. Um, So everybody who's somebody in the business kind of knows me a little bit because I'm knocking on their door. Hey, can I get a meeting with you? I need to talk. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Now, as a new business owner, what
2: do you love most about it?
0: I love most. Uh, it, it's just rewarding because I have a passion for what I do. I actually love, 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 love um, the services that I provide because I have done all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was <clears throat> um, the reason that I came into this because I, I had a true passion. I believed that I could um, build a company that had things that lacked when I was a W-2 employee. Um, So it was kind of that vision that I had for my own business. Um, So that kind of gets me going and uh, just keeps me on a straight and narrow. Now, one of the things we have not talked about Mm
2: -hmm. are those services. So talk to us a little bit about the services that A-List provides.
0: Yes. Financial management, logistics support, and uh, acquisition support.
2: Okay. Now, what is the most frustrating part about being a small business owner?
0: Oh, my gosh. Feeling as though, uh, I I guess I had more frustrating at the beginning, but now it's just being able to get people to have that conversation with you getting them to trust me mm-hmm. um so sometimes it can be very frustrating but um in this business they say you have to touch some person seven times before mm-hmm. they remember your name and they only do business with people they know like and trust so mm-hmm. uh i've i've been working these people <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm on
2: number five yes. got a couple <laughs>
0: more touch points. Now, this question is actually
2: for both of you ladies. Um, I know for me as a mom, and we're all moms here, um, one of the frustrating things for me is, and maybe it's not necessarily frustrating, but I think difficult, is like you said, you're out and about, like, doing all these different meetings. You're hustling and bustling and doing what you need to do so you can Mm -hmm. grow your business. You're like, well, I'm at a point where I can kind of dictate how much travel I'm going to do out of the area. But do you ever feel guilty that you're not giving your kids the time and attention that you feel like...
3: Like, because I know my mom
2: was a stay-at-home mom. Like, she had businesses and stuff, but her main priority was being at home because it wasn't the bread and butter of the household. Mm-hmm. Am I the only person that feel guilty? Or, like, do I have other moms that are like, yo, um, it's a struggle. It's a struggle.
1: I mean, you don't feel... I, I, You know, I missed an email from someone at the school because, you know, I was traveling. And sometimes when your stuff downloads, you might miss something. Um, you know, my daughter may see me, you know, late at night. I'll, you know, say something in her room. And, you know, it, she also runs track. So mm-hmm. it's more than a notion to do my work, get her where she needs to be be it track practice and track meets all day, but that's her, her passion. Mm-hmm. So I try really, really hard to make it happen. But mom guilt is real. <laughs> oh, yeah. So real. How old are your kids?
0: Yes. So mine is three. Okay. And uh, for me, it's just really missing. He's still at the stage where he's still having some first, um, mm. to a certain extent. And uh, so when I make it home, it's almost bath time every night. Bath time or bedtime. Uh, so I, I really have a lot of guilt. So during the weekend, uh, where I can, I try to make up for it.
1: hmm Yeah. I've decided because um, working for yourself can be 24-7 mm. that I'm really going to be intentional. And I have a colleague who's very intentional. She will not do any work on Sunday. I mean, I, we had a proposal we were working on. I said, you need to get over here. She's like, uh-uh, no, nope, I'm not coming not over. So I, I want to yeah. kind of adopt this Chick-fil-A mindset where, you know, mm-hmm. they don't open on Sunday. I, I I've got to find the day. You know, during the weekend, probably Sunday, um, <laughs> where I just shut it down.
2: Now, how long have you been in
1: business? So I've been—I started my company in 1998. Okay, so you've been years. in. Yeah. Okay, right.
2: So, but I, but, you, you, yeah. you a seasoned veteran. No, like, well, no, <laughs> we mean, over here so, struggling. No, too, right? no, no,
1: no. I mean, so when in 2008, when the when the country, you know, Crash. economy was mm-hmm. crashing. I, business was drying up mm-hmm. and through a series of really fortunate circumstances I tossed in my hat and became an Obama appointee so for seven years almost eight years I served at the department of agriculture and my business was very very quiet so um you know I understand <laughs> it's 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 you know I I have had the business a while but um you know I, you I, I struggle with do. the same things as anyone else
2: right and that's the beauty of this program is I think a lot of times we assume that, hey, it's it's easy being a startup or once you get to a certain level, oh, this is, you know, smooth sailing. Um, so I appreciate, you know, everybody being candid and just honest like, nah, like it's I have that. Yeah, oh, yeah. It absolutely oh, yeah. is. It's it crap. absolutely
3: is. Um,
2: so you mentioned that you try to make up that time with the um, with the baby, um, and I know we talked a little bit about it and you were like, "No, nah, I don't, ha- I don't have time for a significant other at this time." But how do you manage relationship and and trying to keep you know your husband happy, you know, in all of this exploratory oh new my
0: business? Gosh. <laughs> him, him. <laughs> Uh, It is so tough, um, but the good thing about him, he's so supportive. He really backs me on what I do, and he really has an understanding. So, um, he doesn't get any time, really. Uh, On the weekend, like I said, where I can, I try to shut it down and spend time with both of them. Um, We at least try to go on a date at least once a month, um, and we try to get a babysitter, but that's kind of... That's hard. That's... That's all I'm going to have to give you. That's all I got.
2: That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with you, I know, you know, you recently just started your business, Ebony. Um, So what did it take for you to boot out fears and focus on faith to launch your business?
0: It was just, uh, just feeling like, just do it. Uh, For me, I grew up in a small city in Lima, Ohio. Uh, Shout out to Bean City. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) you know, when you join the military and you, they don't allow you to get comfortable. They want you to to keep going. You get in a job, you just make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of those traits stayed with me. And it was the same with this. It was like, you know what, just get out there, make it happen. The worst that can happen is that you fail, you pick yourself up, and you do it again, or you find another passion. So for me, it was just just do it, see what happens. Because if you do nothing, you get nothing. This is true, and and this is a perfect segue to my next question. So, you know,
2: you had your military training, you had your corporate lessons. How were you able to marry them together to create A List Management Consulting? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, my military jobs, which was logistics and supply chain management, and corporate was financial management. They were two totally different worlds that I ended up being able to mirror together and mirror together through uh, my degrees as well. And uh, it, so they kind of synced and they kind of helped me build my capabilities and the ability to talk to my clients and really understand the whole gamut of, of all three of my capabilities. Um, so it's... They went together seamlessly, and, and, and it was good to be able to see both sides and be able to have that just-get-her-done attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of my clients appreciate that, and that's why I'm getting you know referrals and, and people enjoy working with me.
2: Now, I, I work with a uh, women veteran organization, a national women's veteran organization, and one of the conversations that uh, is kind of reoccurring is – why women decide to get out of the military. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to know, why did you decide that it was time to move on out of the military?
0: It wasn't fun for me anymore.
2: Mm.
0: All right. So I made it to 10 years. Um, I did one tour in Iraq, uh, which which was very tough. I mean, I, I lost people that were close to me in Iraq. And uh, at that point, I realized that I wouldn't be able to have a family. Uh, being... Gone as much as I I, I was, uh, and I just wanted to do something else. Really wanted to try something else while I was young, and uh, just just go out there and go for it.
2: Now, is your husband in the military?
0: No. Okay, so this is just an ignorant question. Angel's about to ask. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. So, how did you feel watching people that you know and love die out um, in Iraq? Mm-hmm. And knowing that it could have been you.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it wears on your emotional uh, side. Um, it's it's just tough. I know. Um, I, so I have a small circle of people that uh, still serve and some have got out that we try to honor those at least uh, Memorial Day and um, Veterans Day. Um, but, yeah, you always have that thought in the back that it could have been you. Mm-hmm. very well so we so we really um hold them up as much as we can
2: okay all right let's switch gears because <laughs> okay so um talk to me a little bit about um a-list management consulting and i, I know you mentioned like these are your specialty areas but mm-hmm. how can do you strictly work with government agencies or can you also are your services transferable to like small businesses in corporate america
0: Mm -hmm. So at this point, they're not transferable. It's just government. Uh, We are looking to go to state and local. Um, But as we grow, we'll be able to kind of look at different options and different opportunities. Right now, I just want to kind of stay focused in that market because that's what I'm most comfortable with and most familiar with. Okay. Now, um, Now that you have
2: been in business for just under a year... Do you regret waiting so long to dive in?
0: I don't. I think um, sometimes you need a little bit more time and, again, a little bit more experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad that um, I think it happened when it was supposed to happen.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, what would you say is, the number one resource that helped you get prepared um, to start your business?
0: Well, there are so many resources out there. And I and I want to say that I took a lot of time in doing um, just trainings and talking to people and just kind of learning. And I think that's important before people do business um really learn about your business and learn about your market uh so we had a, there's a women's business center that i was always at in springfield um there's also PTAC. uh there's a lot of different groups and committees that uh, really help veteran businesses so all of those collectively really helped me and, and helped me grow okay
2: wonderful all right so ladies it is just about time for our moments from the valley and so this is when we share a moment um a valley moment that you didn't think you would overcome and how you actually overcame it but before we dive into that we are going to um, take a quick break and have our wbb health tip so stay with us It's that time in the show for our woman behind the business health tip with Dr. Tia Hill. Thank you for being in studio with us, Dr. Hill. Hey, how are you? I'm always blessed. Now, we are supposed to be talking about exercise. Everybody trying to get that beach body ready. Mm -hmm. What are some things that we should be mindful of when it
3: comes to exercising? Eating. And I'm not just talking about clean eating, but I'm talking about also eating your breakfast, which is the most important meal of the day. It also helps to set your metabolism. So if you miss breakfast and then you eat lunch, do know that your body did not start metabolizing until the time that you ate lunch. So make sure you get that breakfast in.
2: Now outside of that like what does that have to do with my workout because, <laughs> it, because
3: it fuels because if your body
2: but i'm saying like if i work out at 5 a.m and mm-hmm. i'm not actually eating breakfast until after that like does that play a role in my workout well it, how well what,
3: what it, is your body eating what is your body burning your food is your body's energy so that's what's and and when you wake up in the morning you've been asleep all night now you're having to reset yourself and i didn't say you know food like sausage, bacon, pancakes, but you can definitely do a protein smoothie. You can also do a banana. You can do yogurt. Granola bars are amazing. Um, And just eat it and then go work out if you're working out early in the morning. So you're saying make sure that you eat something even before your workout. I always tell people to do that. I do. Because what I have noticed as well is that a lot of people might get Charlie horses Mm -hmm. because their potassium levels. Um, If you are pre-diabetic and don't know, also as women, we go through menses. So as you're menstruating or when you're going through pre-menopausal or your hormone levels are off. Okay, wait, I got to stop you. What's menses? Cycle. Oh, that's what you call it. That's what we call it. Yeah.
2: Like in the medical field or Mm -hmm. the rest of the world besides Angel?
3: The medical field. (laughs) Okay. I just want to be clear. <laughs> I'm not the, you know, the outcast. I'm sorry. No, you're not. I'm, I forgot. I'm sorry. Cycle. Okay. Period.
2: Okay. And so what, what are some other things? I'm sorry. That's
3: okay. So you're, you're going through those, those issues. Also drinking water first thing in the morning before you work out because it helps mm-hmm. flush. It the it toxins out. And it gives you a, just a clear mind as you're going into that gym.
2: Okay. So my day should start. A glass of water. Yes. A banana, then my workout or whatever my little snack is yes. to get my body mm-hmm. prepared. Perfect. So if I don't eat, what are the ramifications? Because I'm, I'm going to be honest and put myself out there. I don't eat in the morning before I work out. Now, I do eat breakfast, but that comes much later.
3: So I'm going to be a little petty right now. Okay. okay. Do you remember with, with your children? Mm-hmm. What do you do with them? Make sure they do every morning. That they eat breakfast. Okay.
2: And I eat breakfast. I'm not saying that I don't. I'm just saying that it may not
3: happen before the workout. Well, do you work out every morning? You want me to be honest? (laughs) (laughs) I try. Okay. So even still I even if you don't do it before the workout, I do think you need to do it within fifteen minutes of the workout. And if you're not gonna eat, at least drink a protein shake. Okay. Even if it's in the evening or the morning. Always make sure you put some protein on your stomach because you need your body to eat something. You don't need your body to eat the muscles. Mm-hmm. You need your body to eat what's in its system to burn. And you don't want to have it eating at your muscles. Why would it eat my muscles? Why can't it just because eat it's fat? Because it's then fighting for nutrition. So your body is, it's an organ and it's always working. It's always going. It's always churning. So even with me and getting back to working out. I, too, have had to go through this situation of I noticed how my body would respond when I didn't eat breakfast Mm -hmm. and I would always be hungry. You're still going to be hungry because you're burning more fat, you're building more muscle, but you just have to make sure that you're giving your body the right fuel so that you can be able to maintain it and be consistent with it.
2: All right, ladies. So I think we've gotten enough information or at least a starter to why we need to make sure that we're at least fueling our bodies before we go into that amazing workout that we are going to do for our regular dates um so yeah for more information on why you should eat breakfast and um getting in that gym to get ready for just good health i'm not even gonna say that beach body but good health um you can get more information at wvbtalk.com all right ladies now you had a little bit of time to think about your valley moments so we're gonna get started and hear from you miss
1: carmen As I mentioned at the break, I have a few valley moments, but I think the one, and it's connected, that stands out the most is when I was 35, I had my first child and, you know, typical pregnancy. And at the seventh month, discovered my child through a sonogram, had a cleft lip. And, you know, because of my age, the doctor wanted to do amniocentesis. I was high risk. And so everything checked out okay. But when my son was born, he could not breathe. it turned out he had a cleft lip, cleft palate, and a very tiny, tiny airway. And so um, there was a lot of drama in the delivery room, but it began um, a year long in that first year, uh, a year long awful season with a child that was chronically ill in the NICU. And there were days we didn't think he would make it. Um, I remember very... Distinctly um, weeping a lot at night, and just not quite sure what I would was going to do. I really felt like, you know, I've I've done the adversity thing. Why is this happening? Um, so we made it through the first year, and and my son had some developmental disabilities. And it wasn't until I got a client, a healthcare client in Florida, um, that wanted. Um, me to work with them to help them serve families who had disabled children. That I began to see the gift that Marcus was because I could not not only speak as a credible um, person who's lived this. I know the world they were in. I was a marketing expert, and so it was actually um, how old uh, Marcus was probably about four before I really saw. Oh my goodness, this is really a gift because you know I was thrust into. Physical therapy, occupational therapy, surgeries, um, IEPs, all that. And so um, it was a very difficult time. Fast forward to 2009, my son was with my parents, my son and my daughter were with my parents, and he had a health crisis and passed away. Now, I really didn't think I was going to make it through that um, because. Because he had been doing so well, it was so unexpected, and um, what you know, I tell people I would take ten car accidents and not walking over losing him, and so I was not quite sure how it was going to make it. Literally, every day was you know a, a, you, I just had to show up I knew that I had to get it together because my daughter was watching um, and she said to me she's like well who's gonna take care of me now and so that got my attention and my friend said you got to get your life um, you got to get your oxygen mask on and help your child get hers on so that's that woke me up to being very intentional about counseling and um, my faith although then it was a bit shaky and um, and just trying to get healthy and authentically go through the phases of grief. I'd gone through it with my accident, but it was very, very different with losing him.
2: Wow. Well, thank you so much wow. for sharing. Wow. So what was on the other side? Like, how, how are you making it now?
1: My work as an extension is a way that I get to honor my son because, you know, in the case of working with a couple of health plans and it, with Zappos, um, I'm able, to, I remember working with one health company in, out of Texas. And the work, I was doing market research and I was meeting with parents who had children with significant health, like life and death type of health situations. And I could really answer a lot of the questions I was asking them, but I needed to hear from them. I needed to get the nuances of what was happening mm-hmm. in Texas. Um, and I remember when I presented to the client and there were a bunch of executives in the room. After this, the meeting, I got back to my vehicle and I started weeping because it was as if my son was sitting on my shoulder and saying, okay, mommy, do this. Tell them that. They need to know this. And it was it was very affirming and so heartening to be able to um connect with that really valley experience that we had that i had um that my family whole family experienced. um to be able to do something good to help somebody else through their valley
2: wow powerful thank you so much for sharing
4: that
0: Okay, Ebony. Wow, well, I, I don't even know if I how to follow. Um, so, like you mentioned, I, I I have several, but one that really sticks out to me was um, the birth of my child as well. Uh, after uh, Iraq, when I when I came back, and this was before I met my husband, um, there was a, a long period of times where I was just sick, just sick, always sick. I. Blood test after blood test. We don't know what's wrong. And, you know, as a soldier, when you're going to Iraq, they pump you full of everything malaria pills and this and that and, and smallpox and just all kind of stuff. Um, but so from that point, I knew that I never wanted to birth the child. I know I want to have a family, but I just didn't want to birth the child because I was scared of the three eyed monster or mm-hmm. whatever the case mm-hmm. it would have been, you know? And, um, so when my husband and I got married, I mean, he knew that I didn't want a birth. I wanted to adopt. And it started to cause friction between us. So it started to get to a point of just just getting bad. And I said, you know, let me just, during my devotionals, my daily devotionals, let me just pray on it and I'll just go from there. So on this particular day on my um, devotionals, I prayed on it. I said, please just show me a sign. I need to see it. I don't need anything else. I need to be able to see it and know that this is what you want me to do. Um, so as soon as I got up, I read my, uh, one of my books and it said, a child is uh, a gift from God. I said, oh my goodness. Oh, okay. 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 So, um, about four months later, I became pregnant. Uh, uh, so one, one other thing with it, um, I had a bad back injury, so I was scared about that. I was just getting over uh, suffering from PTSD, um, in which I would sleep with a knife under my pillow. Um, I, I always woke up yelling, screaming, because I always dreamed that somebody was killing me. From stemming from Iraq, when we slept outside in tents and you always heard um, mortar rounds and all that kind of stuff, so I still dealt with that. And um, so I I just didn't want to birth a child, didn't want to go through that, didn't want to do the whole thing. And uh, but God would have it. During my pregnancy, it had to be the best pregnancy ever. I had not one symptom. Uh, My back did not hurt at all. Uh, I wasn't sick. And uh, it it was just something that I didn't imagine could happen. Uh, And I am so glad that um, I had the opportunity to birth a a son. And uh, he's been the the greatest blessing I I could have asked for.
2: And he's so adorable. (laughs) Again, thank you for sharing. Um, I think that part of the reason why we have Moments from the Valley is uh, we, we spoke earlier about a lot of times people see what you have, what you're doing, where you are, but they don't really understand what it takes to get there. And so a huge reason why The Woman Behind the Business was even started was so that these conversations can be unapologetically honest. Um, We don't have to put on a facade. We don't have to act like we're superwoman and all these things because I think when you can be transparent and real with this is what I deal with, this is what I've been through, people are able to relate to you. You become human and uh, injecting a little bit of human nature in everybody, whether it's through the talk show, whether it's through our retreat, whether it's through our conversations that we have, our trainings, or whatever, um, I'm always very appreciative when um, women come on and share their story mm-hmm. because I, I really truly believe that there's power. And all of our testimonies and all of the different experiences that we've had, and that it will be a blessing to someone else because sometimes our experience isn't necessary for necessarily for us. is It's to bless somebody else. So with that, um, thank you both for being with yes, us and yes. being our guests. Um, do you, would you like to share some social media information so people can reach out to you or our website and same
1: Sure. My website is disability-marketing.com my Twitter handle is Carmen Jones, SMG. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm on LinkedIn as Carmen Daniels Jones. Okay.
0: Okay. So my website is uh, A-L-S-M-C dot com. Uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn, Ebony Wilkins.
2: Oh, so you thought you were smart doing AA, so you'll be at the top of everybody? Exactly. <laughs> Everything is a strategy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Strategic girls. Yes Alright That's the show for today Please be sure to check out Past broadcasts On our website WBBTalk.com And pick up your copy Of the Washington Informer To see Women Behind the Business Spotlight section Tomorrow And of course Follow us on social media At WBB Talk. A special thank you To our show producer Kyle Murdoch And our program director Max Myrick Until next time Stay blessed